0: Welcome friends, I'm your host Adrian and yes you found us, Tea with Puppets, a podcast about Canadian stamp collecting, yeah! This is episode number 7 and today we'll be talking about the most famous ship in Canadian history, yes you guessed it, we'll be talking about the Queen of the North Atlantic, the famous Blue Nose Schooner, a celebrated racing ship and fishing vessel known around the world and celebrated on several stamps created by Canada Post and even on the Canadian Dime. More in a moment... Hello friends, I won't lie, I've been so excited to do this episode even though I have never owned an original Blue Nose stamp from 1929. I've always loved the story about the Blue Nose though, and it's a Canadian symbol we can all be proud of. But before we jump into the stamps, let's start with a bit of history. In 1851, the America Cup began. It was a race between the so-called best of the British and US racing schooners. It was a highly popular race followed closely by yachting enthusiasts. In 1919, after years of domination by the Americans, the race was canceled because of a 23-mile-an-hour gale. Looking to hold a contest with real fishermen instead of a bunch of yachters, Senator William B. Dennis, editor of the Halifax Herald newspaper and other Halifax businessmen, decided to create the Halifax Herald North Atlantic Fishermen's International Competition, which would pit real working schooners against one another. The contenders for this trophy would be the fishermen who worked the Grand Banks. In Canada, that would fall to Lunenburg, Nova Scotia, which according to many, was home to some of the greatest deep sea fishing fleets in the world. They were also proud of their shipbuilding and fishing heritage. In the U.S., the rival city was Gloucester, Massachusetts. They shared the same kind of pride, and probably because many of the Gloucester skippers had been born in Newfoundland or Nova Scotia. For generations, these two regions had delighted in racing each other to the fishing grounds, so the prospect of formalizing these races excited both towns. As the first contest neared, the Canadian eliminations were held at Halifax on October 11, 1920. The Delawana, skippered by Thomas Himmelman, emerged as the winner just beating out the Gilbert B. Walters, captained by Angus Walters. On the last leg of the race, the top mast of the Gilbert B. Walters broke, So while Angus Walter's ship lost elimination, he was considered to be a pretty solid tactician. A week later, on October 20th, the best of three races was set between the Canadian entry, the Del Juana, and the American entry, the Esperanto. To the shock and sadness of many Nova Scotians, the Esperanto won handedly in two straight races, the first by nearly 20 minutes and the second by just over 7 minutes. And so the American schooner sailed back to Gloucester with a trophy and $4,000 Canadian. In an interesting twist, the American ship was actually captained by Marty Welch, who was a Nova Scotian-born skipper. Even though they lost, the people of Lunenburg, Nova Scotia, didn't waste time beating themselves up, but they got to work on a better ship. Senator Dennis and some influential Halifax friends decided to build a craft that would not only beat the Americans, but also could be a symbol of Nova Scotian sailing superiority. Before the ship was even built, they decided to recruit the best captain they could find, and with that they chose Angus Walters, Although Walters was a small, wiry man, he had a reputation for being unmatched in his ability to size up the wind and squeeze the speed out of every inch of sail. He was also a tough negotiator, and in order to get him to captain the ship, the investors had to agree to give him the largest share, and they also had to give him the final word in her construction and management. Angus got the deal, and a young naval architect, William J. Rouet, was selected to draw up the plans. The ship would be built at Lunenburg Yard of Smith and Ruland, The ship was christened the Blue Nose, the traditional nickname of the Nova Scotians, and was launched with great fanfare on March 26, 1921. No expense was spared to make this one of the greatest schooners of all time. The final cost to build the Blue Nose was $35,000, or about $600,000 Canadian, in 2016 dollars. Even with all the money spent, though, it was not a sure thing the Blue Nose could compete in the 1921 Cup. The rules of the fisherman competition demanded that any entrant work at least one season in the fishery, so it was not enough to be fast or pretty, the Blue Nose had to pay her way as a fishing schooner and not as a racing yacht. Today, we know the Atlantic cod stocks are threatened, so it may seem inconceivable that during the first decades of this century, over 1 billion pounds of cod were caught each year on the Grand Banks. To that end, the Blue Nose had a very good first season. She would more than prove her worth in subsequent years as well. In fact, only a couple of years later, she recorded a record haul of 646,000 pounds in just one trip in 1923. When the fishing season came to an end the blue nose sailed into halifax harbor to test her speed against the finest canadian schooners the winner would face the american champion in the second fisherman's trophy challenge the blue nose's speed matched her beauty and in october 1921 she won two races handily to be the canadian entry against the americans the competitor to the blue nose for the 1921 race was the Elsie, captained by marty welch who had won a year earlier Two exciting races were held in late October, both won handily by the Blue Nose, to bring the International Fisherman's Trophy back to Canada. The news flashed by radio across the country. The Blue Nose had brought the trophy home. Canada had beaten the U.S. Overnight, the Blue Nose became a national symbol. With this victory, the legend began. During the next 17 years no challenger american or canadian would ever beat the Blue Nose. she earned the title of the queen of the north atlantic and became a canadian icon representing canada around the world in 1933 for example the Blue Nose appeared at the century of progress world's fair in chicago and sailed to england for the silver jubilee of king george v in 1935. in 1938 the Blue Nose would win its final race but after that the final years of the Blue Nose were sad ones Powered vessels, steel hulls, and the demise of the schooner fishery made her a relic of a former age. Angus Walters tried to have her declared a national treasure and borrowed money to keep her afloat, but unfortunately he was finally forced to sell her in 1942. She spent the war years carrying freight in the Caribbean. Then on January 28, 1946, the Blue Nose struck a reef off the Il Avache in Haiti, and was wrecked beyond repair. All hands were saved, but no one has ever definitively found the wreckage despite numerous attempts. It's possible it would never be found, as the vessel broke apart on the reef and large number of wrecks are found at the reef at Illa Vache. This doesn't mean the ship is forgotten, though. As many Canadians know, the Blue Nose adorns the Canadian Dime, almost every year since 1937, on the Nova Scotia license plate, and on 4 postage stamps issued by Canada Post we'll be talking about right now. The first stamp to honor the Blue Nose came with an issue released January 8, 1929, and it's probably the most iconic stamp ever issued. The stamp was part of a change in the Canada Post policy where for the first time the post office utilized its high-value stamps for the purpose of depicting Canadian scenes of geographical and industrial interest from coast to coast. This stamp, Scott No. 158, depicts the Blue Nose in a composite design made from photographs taken in 1922 by Wallace R. McCaskill of Halifax, Nova Scotia. Wallace McCaskill was one of the first Canadian photographers to achieve distinction in international salons for his technical excellence. The same photographs of the bluenose by wallace r mccaskill used for the stamp were consulted when the canadian dime was designed in 1937 by emmanuel hahn even to this day the Blue Nose 1929 stamp remains a popular stamp with numerous competitive bids on ebay when prime examples become available there is also an elusive man-on-the-mask bluenose plate flaw and this flaw consists of a tiny nick in the plate that resulted in an extra spot of color above the right hand sale it resembles a tiny sailor atop the rigging. The flaw occurs on position 58 of plate two. Over 50 years later, Canada Post selected the Blue Nose to be one of the stamp-on-stamp commemoratives issued for Canada 82. This would be the first international philatelic young exhibition ever held outside of Europe. The stamp is an exact replica of the original 1929 stamp, the tagging bars appear in the white margin of the stamp image, and this feature permits the background cover design to extend through the perforations for the first time on Canadian stamps. In 1988, the Blue Nose stamp would be an important part of the plot in the movie Tommy Tricker and the Stamp Traveler, in French known as Les aventuriers du timbre perdu. It's truly a 1980s Canadian cult classic. A boy named Ralph gets tricked out of his father's Blue Nose by troublemaker Tommy Tricker. The movie follows Ralph as he learns about traveling on stamps and tries to track down the stolen 1929 Blue Nose stamp. While it'll never be an award-winning film, it has a special place in my heart, as it was the movie that got me truly into stamp collecting, and I'm sure it did the same for a lot of other children at the time. So the same year the Blue Nose was front and center in this 1988 movie, it was also the year Canada Post honored Agnes Walters, who was the managing owner of the Blue Nose, and now finally front and center on his own stamp. With Agnes at the helm of the Blue Nose, this exceptional schooner won numerous racing events, including an unbeaten streak in winning the International Fisherman's Trophy several times. In 1933, he would be the one who sailed the Blue Nose to Chicago for the World's Fair and to England two years later for King George V's Silver Jubilee. In 1942, Walters retired from the sea soon after the Blue Nose was sold. He pursued a successful second career as a dairy farmer and died in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia in 1968. Roger Hill is the Toronto illustrator behind the stamp, which has a fine airbrushed painting of Walter's. And in the foreground, the Blue Nose is seen in spectacular full sail. The final stamp we'll review today is the Stamp Canada Post issued 10 years later in 1998 to honor the Blue Nose. So far, it's the last and most recent stamp to honor the ship as of 2016. The stamp illustration, created by Louis C. Hebert of Montreal, honors the naval architect who designed the Blue Nose, William James Rouet. As a child, little did William know that he would become the greatest designer of wooden vessels in Canadian history, and one of the most talented in the world. As an adolescent, Rouet progressed to making and sailing 1.5-meter model boats, and once he was old enough, learned to crew at the Royal Nova Scotia Yacht Squadron. He spent winter months in the library of the Yacht Squadron, devouring volumes on boat design. He enrolled in classes in mechanical drafting at Victoria College of Arts and Design, now the Nova Scotia College of Art and Design. Rouet was frequently called upon to design yachts for fellow members of the squadron while he worked in the family's soft drink business. It was this local reputation which made him an inspired choice to come up with a winning schooner to restore the Nova Scotian and Canadian pride in the International Fisherman's Race. When his creation, the Blue Nose, won its first race, Rouet was rewarded with a gold watch and a commemorative scroll. As the Blue Nose continued to win, William Rouet was convinced to leave the family soda business in 1929 and become a full-time naval architect. In his lifetime, Rouet created more than 100 designs for commercial vessels, including two fleets of freighters for Newfoundland, the Arctic, and a number of ferries. Rouet passed away in 1970 at the age of 90. The stamp is a nice portrait of Rouet, with the blue-nosed 1929 stamp taking up the right side. Well, it's not an exact replica, because the original denomination of the 1929 stamp was 50 cents, but in this one, the current domestic rate of 45 cents was used. Of all the three commemoratives of the original Blue Nose 1929 stamp, this one is my favorite. So that covers the stamps issued to honor the Blue Nose. What about the real Blue Nose? The original Blue Nose may still be laying in an unknown watery grave since 1946, but Canadians and fans all over the world can still get some sense of the greatness of the original Blue Nose. In 1963, the Blue Nose two was launched. The project was financed by the Oland Brewery, to advertise their product, Schooner Beer, while also having the benefit of promoting Nova Scotia's maritime heritage and tourism. This was a welcome replica, with William Rure, the designer of the original Blue Nose, endorsing the vessel, and Captain Walters sailing the replica on its maiden voyage. It was even built by many of the same people who had worked on the original vessel at the same shipyard in Lunenburg, Nova Scotia. In 1971, the Blue Nose 2 was gifted to the government of Nova Scotia and continues to serve as Nova Scotia's sailing ambassador. It sails out of Lunenburg and visits ports throughout Nova Scotia and North America. It is regularly open to the public, offering cruises and onboard access to many of its admirers. And you can learn more at bluenose.novascotia.ca On a final note, and as a fan of the Blue Nose, I hope Canada Post honours the ship in 2021 to commemorate the 100th year of its first victory. I'm sure you'll agree, no one can ever have enough blue nose stamps in their collection. So that's it for the seventh episode. Thank you for spending time with me and sharing this show with your friends. If you're looking for more info about the show, make sure to check us out at teawithpuppets.com. To see the stamps we've mentioned in this episode, click on the show notes image at the top right corner of our website, or the link we've added to the description of this podcast episode. If you have any podcast feedback, ideas for guests, cool stories, or more, we'd love to hear it too. You can email us over at feedback at teawithpuppets.com. Finally, before I forget, we are currently surveying our listeners to learn more about our audience so we can create even more compelling shows. Please take a few minutes and visit our website and click on the listener survey link found on the homepage to help us out. Once again, thanks for listening, and we hope you'll join us again for our next show. Have a super rest of the day, and happy collecting.